and welcome to episode number 41 of The Fourth Wall. I'm, of course, your host, Griffin Schiller, and this is the show where we break down the fourth wall of the film industry as we get an inside look through our conversations with industry professionals, ranging from writers, directors, actors, you name it. This show is, of course, part of the Playlist Podcast Network, where you can find the rest of our film and television-centric catalogs, such as Deep Focus, The Playlist Podcast, and Be Real, and so much more. Whatever your fix is, we definitely have you covered over there. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast feed because you know what you'll also get? You're going to get more episodes of The Fourth Wall, which is a pretty damn good podcast if I do say so myself. So before we go any further, I just want to let you all know that we are joined by my co-host Brody Saravelli on the uh, James Bond podcast. The words are not enough. And so, of course, because we're talking about James Bond, we spoke to James Bond himself. Uh, You know, it felt appropriate to have him on and to join me uh, on this uh, incredible uh, journey that we're going to sort of tee up for you here but brody how are you doing not too bad not too bad honestly if uh, if i could start every week by talking to daniel craig that would uh, make my life <laughs> yeah i guess we technically did start the week off by talking to daniel craig so this is a this is a good one yeah, yeah it's, it's sure. at the bar set the bar way too high honestly <laughs> yeah 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 for sure of course unless you've been living under a rock no time to die has already released in the uk and it is uh coming out uh in the united states on october 8th we have both seen it mm-hmm. i think actually it would be appropriate to give a little bit of a reaction to the film before we go into the interviews but the Oh my God! I I mean, look, <laughs> as just massive Bond fans as we are, we were always you know primed to enjoy this film, but I don't think we were prepared to enjoy it uh, as much as we did. I mean, this has been a six-year journey for us. It was worth the wait. It was worth every second of the wait. Yep, yep. It, 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 I think, and you sort of touched on this, and I think what makes the wait so kind of uh, profound is that like we weren't expecting to be touched by the film in a in the way that it does sort of touch you as an audience uh, you know you know you go to a james bond thing of uh, film you sort of expect a certain like you know kind of film and this film kind of operates on a different level almost than even some of the other craig films and yeah it just it's a very fulfilling experience in a way that a james bond film rarely is and we sure. say that as fans. <laughs> yeah, no, I and I think uh, not not to harp too much on this section of the the show, but you know, I I found it to be the most Fleming and least traditional James Bond film uh, the franchise has ever produced, and so uh, it, it'll make for an interesting viewing experience for casuals uh, yeah. and and you know hardcore fans alike. I think it's going to be. Uh, the reactions are going to be varied, and that's the best thing you can hope for, right? Is just like people taking away different elements and. Uh, and all of that. And it's just like probably the most emotionally resonant and uh, impactful film, uh, you know, in the entire franchise as well. Just a perfect cap to Daniel Craig's tenure as James Bond. So, uh, yeah, definitely be sure to let us know your thoughts on the movie if you got a chance to check it out uh, down in the comment section of wherever you're listening to this episode. But let's get to the, the main event here, right? Well, actually, it's not quite the main event, but I, I got to say this this first section of the uh, the interviews here. Oh, man. It was great. It was great. Because uh, if you're clicking on this, obviously, we are speaking with Daniel Craig himself, James Bond, and then also Jeffrey Wright, Felix Leiter. They were both conducted uh, separately from one another. So we're going to be bringing you uh, both episodes respectively. So we're going to start with Jeffrey Wright, and then we're going to conclude with, uh, you know, Bond himself, Daniel Craig. Uh, But before we go into the Jeffrey Wright one... uh, 
Jeffrey Wright, first of all, is one of the most underrated performers in the business mm -hmm. and you don't realize it until you look at his resume and you look at all the incredible things he's done i mean he is literally one award away uh from an egot right for angels mm -hmm. in america which is mind-blowing to me and he is I mean, he's truly one of the best actors uh, working today, and he's been involved in so many franchises. I mean, obviously, he's playing Commissioner Gordon in The Batman coming out next year. He's been Felix Leiter in Bond since uh, 2006. But, you know, he was also in the Hunger Games franchise, and he's also now, uh, you, you know, joined the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the What If series as uh, The Watcher. And so just sort of seeing him, you know, be a part of all these different uh, communities and fandoms I think has been really cool and he digs it I mean not to mention he's also an absolute incredible performer on Westworld and uh, mm -hmm. one of these days he'll hopefully win an Emmy or something for his performance there uh, but during the course of this conversation with Jeffrey Wright we really got into uh, not, not only his performance as Felix Leiter and you know Daniel Craig's impact which I thought was very uh, very beautifully said, especially from from a colleague, someone he spent a lot of time with. But the thing that floored me about this was the way that Jeffrey spoke about blockbuster cinema in general and mm. the the power that it has, the trust that audience members have in these characters, in a character like James Bond, in a character like Bruce Wayne or Batman, uh, during a time where we don't really trust anyone. And so the messages that these films can convey, the, this kind of entertainment can convey on a grand uh, scale, it makes a difference. Brody, I know you did not get a chance to speak with Mr. Jeffrey Wright, but uh, I know that you're a massive fan of him as as Felix Leiter. So. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, if, if uh, time had permitted, I would have been there with you. It, it is, I am incredibly jealous. Um, <laughs> but I mean, honestly, the 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 questions you asked and the answers you got, I mean, speak for themselves. And obviously people are going to hear that in a second here. Yeah. Um, just, he's just such a generous uh, interviewee by the sound of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, 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 incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that speaks to him as a person. I think I'm, um, this also goes for Daniel Craig, but we'll get to him in a second, but such a generous actor. I think you get the sense in all of the projects you see him in, he lifts everyone around him up like we you know we've seen him in so many different roles at this point over his very very long career that we know he's got what it takes but he sort of lifts everyone else up around him in a way that i think is difficult i mean as an as a performer that's almost like you you're being asked to you know sort of rub your stomach and pat yourself on the head you know it, it you you sure. you're sort of doing two completely separate things um almost directing and performing at the same time. Um, but he, yeah, I think it just, it, it, you see that in the films he's in, he's, it, he seems to bring out the best in the people he's with. Yeah. Um, I, I would say him and, and Daniel Craig are both cut from yes. the same cloth really in terms of uh, actors. And it's, you know, kind of ironic because I, I feel like him and, or sorry, Felix Leiter and James Bond are, are cut from the same cloth. You, you know, the two characters are able to bond as well. You know, no pun intended. They're able to uh, come together and bond as well as they as they do. And yeah, I, I can't thank uh, Jeffrey enough for his time. He was very generous with it. We actually went over time a little bit, just having such a phenomenal conversation. He is one of the most uh, thoughtful 
performers and, and individuals, a, a great yeah. uh, interviewee. Uh, and so I, I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Jeffrey Wright. We'll, we'll see you back here before we talk to Daniel Craig. Um, well, listen, it, it, this has been a crazy journey for me. So I, because my my first big Bond film was Casino Royale back in 2006. Okay. And so seeing this whole journey uh, play out to, to, to finally here has really been um, it's been something special. And I think while we're all celebrating Daniel and everything he's done with the character, you've been there from the beginning as well. You know, you've been there along for the 15 year ride playing Felix. I think the the second longest tenure by an by an actor who, who's played the role. So I just kind of want to, you know, get your take on that. Just, uh, you know, what that means to you, what the character sort of means to you. Yeah, I mean, there's no franchise like Bond. You know, you, you've got, you know, Marvel, which is, you know, massive and doing, you know, incredible things and people are hugely, you know, uh, committed to it and passionate about it. I'm, mm -hmm. you know, done a little, a uh, little bit here as well. And I, and yeah, I a love bit. being a part of it. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, I'm, I'm as well, you know, done the Hunger Games, big franchise, you know, now in Batman, people are incredibly passionate about Batman, but still, none of those franchises have the legacy that Bond has. It's just lasted, <laughs> it's just yeah, lasted yeah. longer than any, uh, than any other thing in the space. And so as, you know, we came on, I guess, 15 years ago now to kind of, you know, uh, restart the franchise with Daniel uh, in the role, um, you know, there was, there, you know, as we did, there was a fair amount of, you know, pressure to, you know, to, to bring something to the table that merited, you know, our being there. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm, and I think we have, I, the only way that I know that is because fans have been uh, incredibly appreciative of, 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 you know, of what we've been able to do. And so I'm really, you know, I feel really, um, uh, I, I'm really grateful to have been asked to be a part of it. I'm grateful to have been there at the start, and I'm grateful um, now to be here at the end of this uh, this leg of uh, in its uh, in the in the in the franchise's history uh, to round it out with Daniel. I'm really super proud of of what he's done. I mean, he was under enormous pressure. It's yeah. It's not just playing a role. There's so many, so many expectations that come with this, and for him to have weathered all of that, you know, over the last uh, 15 years and come out, um, I think leaving the franchise in a stronger place, place than it was when, you know, when he came in, is is seriously impressive, and and uh, he's to be commended and congratulated for that. Um, and I'm I'm just glad to have been along for the ride. Yeah, well, I, I'm glad you brought that up because there, there's so much that I think that will, will be uh, remembered about about his legacy, not just how he reinvented the character or, or his performance, but something that I think most general audiences don't realize is how hands-on he is in, in the creation of the story and in, in the handling of the character. Um, and so I, I, I think that's something like as time goes on, it's like people are going to realize that it's like some of these moments, whether it's it's the shot, the, the scene of him and Vesper in the shower in Casino Royale and that which which I just found out recently was a call that he made on set. You know, all these little these little details. Uh, I mean, it, it really sort of sets a new precedent for whoever comes in next. It's like you, you sort of have to step up in a similar way, you know, it, which is something we haven't necessarily seen before uh, from the well, franchise, an actor being that involved. 
Well, I don't know if, if you're going to step up in a similar way, you know, right off the bat. Uh, right. And I think what's been what's been interesting to watch with Daniel is the way that he's kind of grown and his responsibilities have grown from the start. It, I think that has been aided by a wonderful partnership um, uh, with Barbara Broccoli. The, mm. the two of them have been um, a tandem since the beginning. And, the, and in the beginning, um, you know, Daniel was was there was Daniel once the camera rolled was the actor that he is you know very uh very focused very confident in the thing when the camera wasn't off he was still feeling his way around this thing this behemoth you know you don't just jump into you know sure. uh, uh a machine like this and know how all the levers work you know and yeah, you yeah. know start so he was feeling his way out um but what what was clear uh, going forward, and certainly clear now, coming back to this last one, you know, after for me having missed the previous two, is to see him at ease um, at the controls of this thing. It was yeah. really, it was really very gratifying. You know, just me, you know, watching, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, an actor who you know has become a friend who I saw uh, get this role. We were doing a film. Uh, prior to him being, well, while he was cast, uh, a film called An Invasion, we were down in Baltimore and DC together. So I saw him right at the start and the evolution has been marked and it's been impressive. And, you know, I just you know, like hats off to him, you know, well done. And I love the idea that he's laying it down now uh, with people wanting more, you know, yeah. he's, you know, he's, he's stepping out of it still still on top of his game so it's pretty you know it's really cool it's all good yeah I, I honestly just think that this film in particular is such a it's it's one hell of a way to go out I'll, I'll just put it uh that way um I, I kind of want to touch on the camaraderie between uh Bond and Felix something that we've sort of seen evolve uh throughout the course of these films you know in Casino Royale we see the the mutual respect that's that's sort of there the 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 groundwork for that uh and how they're able to connect fairly quickly in Quantum of Solace we get more of that brotherly love uh and then here this is this is the first time where we really see uh this Bond and this Felix as friends and they were some of the most delightful scenes in, in the entire film and so i'm curious for you uh, how have you viewed the progression of uh felix's relationship with bond and what was the most important development you wanted to make to that relationship this go around yeah well you know daniel and i talked about um their relationship not being about organizations not being about nationality but being about one another uh, being about um, uh, their trust for one another, yes, a sense of uh, a sense of uh, of kinship, um, and and about what they meant to one another as as men, um, you know, with all the trappings aside, not mm -hmm. the uniform they 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 wear or you know the the the. Uh, the covert uniform they wear, but what is underneath, you know, what, 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 what exists in their, you know, in the heart and in the mind, you know, and it's yeah. and, and all that other shit. I mean, cause I think that they too, as characters are suspicious of all of that. And in some right. ways they're entrapped by it. I think bond, you know, he's retired at the beginning of this film. He's, there's been a sense of entrapment. I think that he's tried to escape, um, you know, uh, his responsibilities to, um, you know, to the organization and all of these things, you know, he's cast aside 
and he's much he's on he's 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 a much more personal uh being a much more personal you know a character who's defined by who he is as a man and i think felix as well to some extent um we you know we get the sense from quantum of solace is uh is on that side of things too and so yeah. that's what we discussed is it's not who or what they represent but who they are to one another as individuals and that was what was most important and i think for fans that's what they're drawn to it transcends you know the all the you know the the spy world is very dynamic as drawn in this in these films but it it transcends you know the the jurisdictions that they represent for fans um and it becomes about you know who these characters are and who bond is as a hero who he is as a man not who he represents but what he represents the you know the values the character you know the the and and the uh you know the those things and those are the things that fans trust you know uh they trust him not what he represents but who he is and i think felix as well uh uh, uh feels the same yeah well and that really i mean it starts back with casino royale for sure where he's where bond sort of sees his place in the big picture things but i think quantum of solace you know for everything that sort of went down with that that was a big step for both of these characters right because it was them sort of understanding the larger machine they're working within uh and then also like understanding that their autonomy as agents their their independence and how they can sort of work within the system to to enact change is is really how you get is is how they they, they get the results done um and so I, I've just, I've really enjoyed seeing, you know, Felix with, with like, you know, Gregory Beam and Quantum of Solace and stuff like that and seeing how he's also been on a, on a similar trajectory, you know? Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, and I think, you know, ultimately what happens, and I think this is from what I understand from certain people that I, <laughs> that I have encountered in, in my time who kind of occupy these spaces or people who have served uh, in what other, what other, whatever capacity that at the end of the day, it's a, it's about, uh, the service becomes about service to the men and women that you're in the trenches with. Um, and it becomes a much simpler thing, uh, than one might expect. And it's about looking out for one another. Uh, and it's about, and I think that's what it's about for, for Felix and, and, and and bond because they i think they recognize the limitations of all of the other things that they've tried to do within these constructs mm -hmm. um and that you know with you know uh, at the end of the day it boils down to something much simpler it boils down to uh you know without sounding corny the humanity that they share uh yeah and that's it well yeah. and that's 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 what's relatable that's why people love these characters you know yeah. it's not like the spy stuff like don't get me wrong the spy stuff is cool the action set pieces like we love all of that but that is the that that's the core essence of this uh whole thing um i i do so this I, throughout my because I, I just rewatched the 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 craig films you know leading up to this and something that kind of struck me was you, you know growing up two two of the most impactful and instrumental films for me were uh batman begins and casino royale and and i think interestingly enough i've always found that they had similar goals in mind uh with how they were going to reconstruct the character and and, and the respective franchise as a whole um and you know maybe that was just 
the way it was just because of the nature of where the franchise was left. But over the years, it's really become clear to me that Bruce Wayne and James Bond are almost kind of like cousins in a way. And even with, you know, some of the villains in, in Craig's tenure really uh, feeling like mirror images of his like psyche if you will something you'd see in a batman comic and you know now with you being in a batman movie i'm kind of curious how if if at all you sort of view that connection and if you've noticed some of the same dna being involved uh in the batman mm. yeah to some extent i mean these are these are characters that use um the settings and the variables um, that uh, create the constructs that they inhabit um, as frameworks for a type of mythology and of course a type of heroism. So yeah, I mean, they're similar, similar to some extent. Um, for me, the thing though that I've started to think about and I've started to think about it within the context of the pandemic Mm -hmm. um, and within the context of the times, at least here in America, that kind of proceeded, and I think there's a global sense of this, is that um, there's been an increasing lack of trust in things. Um, sometimes that's been fomented by bad actors, you know, a trust in institution, uh, institutions, a trust in one another, a trust in leaders. Um, it's just been a, a very fluid, unstable time in the world. The thing that I've come to recognize about characters like Bond in, in these films or like the Batmans or the Marvel things is that fans are intensely passionate about these stories and these characters because they can trust them. Mm. And, and at a time when, you know, when, you know, everything seems that it's wanting to, you know, just be, uh, to unravel. That's an incredibly powerful thing. So I can go into this space with these stories and with these characters. And even if they're villainous, I can trust them. I can trust them to be villainous. And it's a place where people can in some way find hope in, in, inside these stories. They can imagine, um, things that they might not be able to imagine in the real world because it's so slippery. It's become real, and that's the that's the that that's the, the 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 similarity between these two stories for me that I've been you know kind of uh, thinking uh, thinking about. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's and 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 as that relates to film, you know, that's a powerful thing. These are very powerful films. You know, uh, these are films that that. I, you know, uh, the world, the world looks at the world th that the world, you know, um, is hungers for, you know, around the mm -hmm. world. And I think those films, because of where, you know, they, you know where they, where they, where they're made and where they emanate from, they're, uh, they're very strong cultural signals, you know, for American society, I guess, in some, you know, in this case for, you know, for British society, these are American made films, though, American, you know, right, right, right. It's, uh, these are, these are powerful things in weird times, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if that answered your question or I veered off. Uh, no, no, no. I, th th I think that's an in incredible uh, response because I, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, but I, I sadly, I, I have a million more questions for you, but I do have to start uh, wrapping this up now. But yeah. uh, listen, Jeffrey, thank you so much uh, for, for your time. You're 
your time as Felix, your performance in this film. Uh, it, it's been incredible, and I, I, I wish you all the best with, uh, you know, the Batman, What If, and Westworld Season 4 as well. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Let me just say one more thing. What I, what I mean yeah. by that is these films, uh, we make these films as artists, uh, you know, as creative people, and we're allowed to make these films, whatever they're, 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 they're about. And, you know, it's about uh, our freedom to do this, our freedom to be creative, our, you know, freedom of expression as expressed through these films and through these characters um, that people are drawn to. And um, uh, at a time when, you know, there is a repression, a repression of expression in within our society, within other society, uh, part, uh, societies around the world, that's like, that's, you know, that's an, that's a seriously powerful thing. Yeah. And I think it's, it's films like this and heroes like this in some ways that maybe are most uh, powerful exports. You know, I think it's more powerful. Uh, the power of our storytelling is more, uh, uh, is, is, is more powerful than, for example, any military uh, power we might project. Cause it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's stories like these and characters like these that draw the world toward us uh, in a way that nothing else does. Yeah, that well put, well put. Thank yeah. you, thank you for that that answer. That I I can't tell you how much I, I appreciate it. that. That well, was cool, man. Incredible. Cool. Yeah. I wanted to be cool. I hope I clarified. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you did for, yeah. for sure. Cool, uh, listen, th thank you so much for the, for the extra time and for the the great responses. Again, pleasure chatting with you. Uh, best of luck with the film. You too. Well, thank you, man. Thank you. Well, there you have it. That was my conversation with the great Jeffrey Wright. Oh, again, I really can't thank him enough for just mm -hmm. his uh, his thoughtfulness and really engaging with the questions. I mean, it was an interview. Look, I, I've done over 40 episodes of this show, uh, and that is by far one of the best ones, uh, best conversations I've ever had the the pleasure of, you mm -hmm. know, having just, just the way he took the questions and... Um, it just speaks to him as an individual. Also, he's by far the best Felix Leiter that has oh. ever existed. <laughs> yes, absolutely. No, no offense to Jack Lord, but right, you have been dethroned. Yes, <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, but on to the main event now. The reason you're probably clicking on this podcast episode, Mr. Daniel Craig. Yes. Uh, so little. We're gonna. This is gonna be a little bit of an interesting framing device, but we're gonna talk about how this happened because we found out that we were going to be interviewing Mr. Craig two days before it actually happened, yep. um, which isn't a lot of time, but you know, we've had these questions in our head for years, <laughs> over a decade, you know, uh, stuff like that. But it was funny because we sadly did not get the privilege to, to, to speak to so many individuals involved with this film. And so we were convinced that, this is never going to happen, right? We're not we're, we're not going to speak with the Daniel Craig, right? Like it's just like right. all the other avenues have sort of been like sh like closed off for whatever reason. You know, I get it, right? We it's didn't even dare to hope for it. We didn't even yeah, dare. We didn't even dare. Like even even on a best day, right? I thought like, okay, sure, we we would get Barbara Broccoli, Michael G. Wilson, Carrie Fukunaga, maybe maybe some of the supporting cast. Yeah. Never in a million years did I think we would get Daniel Craig. And we almost didn't put in for it because we're like, is that asking too much? No, no, no. <laughs> exactly. We almost did not put in for him. And so sure enough, it comes back and we get this email like a couple days after we screened the film. And it's like, you'll be speaking with Jeffrey Wright uh, this day and you'll be speaking with 
Daniel Craig on this day. And I had to, I had to stop myself for a second because I was just, I looked at it and I was like, like, oh, okay, okay, cool, Daniel, or, or sorry, Jeffrey Wright. And then I go down and I see Daniel Craig and I didn't actually believe it was real. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> um, and <laughs> the second I read it again and I, I started to process it, uh, my my legs almost gave out as I was sitting and I was just like, holy shit, holy shit. We're going to be talking with Daniel Craig. This is our this is our bond. This is the guy that we've grown up with and we've just loved watching on screen since 2006. And so, like, you know, I mean, I mean, aside from the fact that he's one of the best actors working today, I mean, just like what this means for us just like as as people who grew up with his bond with people who have really resonated with his interpretation and loved how he's completely revitalized the franchise and revolutionized the character uh in in the possibilities of just like what a bond film can be to be able to speak with him for his last bond film i mean like the stars aligned for this one mm, yeah i it, it is so the way you put that is so fitting. And it, it, the fact that it is, it, it's, it's his final in the role and kind of, I mean, obviously we're, we're grown, we're grown men. We can, we yeah. can, uh, <laughs> we can acknowledge that maybe, you know, he only plays a fictional character, but yeah. there is kind of, there was something, yeah, there was kind of like a full circle moment when you told me of being like, he brought me back to when I first saw him on screen. I was like, and I was, a, I was a, baby i was a child you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah and, 11 yeah, yeah. and uh, just, you know just literally thinking back to that moment and going wow like th th it it really gave my whole life a sort of a sense of of uh, uh completeness of like completing the circle almost um yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it just just a really beautiful kind of way to what an opportunity really to sort of get to tell him you know, thank you, you know, for your service, basically. Yeah, thank yeah, you yeah, for yeah, it was. Everything but, you've done. And getting that opportunity is just, you know, that's... It's once in a lifetime some, thing. That's once in a lifetime. That is yeah. something else. So, it, it I mean, really we're, we're going to sound like absolute fucking nerds, but... <laughs> but but I'll but, say this. You know. <laughs> like, look, yeah, well, we're sounding like fucking nerds now because of what happened. But, like, during the actual interview, I mean, look, we 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 pay attention to this stuff. We know the questions that he gets asked at nauseum. Right. And we were like, we're not going to be those fucking bimbos determined. who go in yes. there and just like, you know, so tell us what, what is bond meant to you? Like all the, yeah, just right, the right. stupid generic questions. No, it's the pranks are on set. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, which, you know, I would like to know, even though if it is right. him, it's Rami Malik, we know it's, it's Rami. Rami. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But like, here's the thing. Like we we had really we had story questions, we had character questions, we had Fleming questions, and we came in and he gave incredible answers. He gave better answers than we could have ever, you know, dreamt of. Like uh. it was just and we had fun. You know, it's not every time you go in and you have these conversations with these people you you idolize and you adore and all this stuff and you, you just really resonate your, with your work. It's very, it doesn't always happen that like you're able to connect on that level. Yeah. And I feel like for whatever reason, I, I you know, we we just managed to do that. We managed to have a fun time. Like broke uh, through the ice a little bit, yeah. Yeah, we did break through the ice. I mean, you know, always with these interviews, there is that sort of like adjustment sort of phase 
Mm-hmm. And while that was, you know, certainly there, like we got to a point where it's like, we, you know, we're saying we love Quantum of Solace, and he's like, oh yeah, you're <laughs> serious fans. And serious we're fans. like, yeah. we're like, no, dude, we love the movie. And he's like, no, 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 I'm just joking. And uh, you know, so yeah. on and so forth. And we we even talk a little bit about the um, that in- insane one take in the stairway. Wow. Uh, towards the end of the film and you know he gets excited and he's like oh you saw it in IMAX he's like how was it in IMAX and it's like that's that's cool when that, it becomes that, a conversation yeah yeah that's it's- worth more to us than than anything you know that that means the world to us we had a very similar experience with Pierce we did um, yeah we did and I think yeah. it, it's, it's just very nice now we've got our two we've got two bonds on our gauntlet now I know um, I know and they've both been absolutely lovely uh very very just energized yeah 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 for sure um listen uh we'll 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 shut up now and let you guys enjoy the interview but it, <laughs> it was an absolute honor uh, th- this is the most incredible moment of my professional career and my my life as just a film <laughs> fan i i like i'm not, i i know that sounds stupid it sounds dramatic uh, but it's true it sounds dramatic but it's like i'm sorry like that's just the way it is yeah. um, you knew what you were getting into when you clicked on this podcast so. you, you, hopefully <laughs> yeah, hopefully you do if you've paid and en- if you've paid enough attention to you know the past episodes and the fact visited that visited your social media at any point yeah, yeah any of our social media <laughs> uh and and all that stuff but um before we leave you with our interview with uh, Daniel Craig, again, be sure to subscribe to the, the the podcast feed here so you don't miss out on more interviews. And uh, let us know what your favorite Daniel Craig Bond film is uh, down in the comments section of wherever you're listening to this episode. And once again, No Time to Die hits theaters in uh, North America on October 8th. Can't stress enough uh, how incredible of a conclusion it is to his tenure Go see it. Go see it on the biggest screen possible. If you feel comfortable doing so, uh, you won't regret it. All right. Enough from us. Let's let's get into this thing. Let's get into the main event. Here is our conversation. I still can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> Here is our conversation with Daniel Craig. Uh, Mr. Craig. Hey, how's Hi. it going? Absolute good. pleasure to be chatting with you. Um, I guess just getting right into the the film here, uh, I, I feel like so much of this Bond movie, and really so much of your tenure, has been about uh, relationships. Uh, you know, not just romantic, but professional, platonic, uh, and so forth. And one of the strongest aspects of this film is the intense focus on how Bond interacts with uh, people and how they respond to him, which is almost a reverse POV from what we're used to getting. So I'm curious what that kind of focus uh, and latitude affords you uh, as a performer. Um, it's all done for very selfish reasons. I mean, it's all done because I feel like, you know, it doesn't matter the movie, but but especially kind of with big movies and, especially, and, and why Bond movies should be separated from that, I have no idea, is that I want to be touched in some way. I want to be moved. I want to be. I want to be affected, and, and and it doesn't have to be that often in the film. It can still be just lots of explosions and amazing locations and all of these things. But if at some point in the movie you grab the audience's attention emotionally, then we've won, and and that's all I've ever 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 wanted to do. Yeah, well, and, and I think that sort of speaks to your whole mentality. I mean, at least from the beginning, but definitely from Skyfall onward, you're your like drive to get the best people possible to tell these stories like enlisting yeah. people like Sam Mendes yeah Kerry Fukunaga yeah yeah uh I mean is that has that been like a goal for you to sort of like Quite reshape yeah. what a what a blockbuster can be 
Listen, you know, there's a lot of money spent. <laughs> I mean, it's an obvious thing to say, but these cost a lot of money, these movies. I'm like, if we're going to spend that money, let's spend it on the best we can get. I mean, I, I, I just, I mean, I, from the very beginning, I was thinking like that. I, I wanted desperately for that to be, and yes, more so, probably more so, no, no more so than, than on Skyfall and finding Sam and talking to Sam about it and getting him involved and then getting, uh, you know, Roger Deakins involved and I, I, everybody that kind of, we could, because, uh, you know, A, I'll stop making these, which I have now, one day, and B, the, they're, they're event cinema. that People celebrate cinema when they go to see these films, and they should be rewarded uh, with the best we've got to give. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I was going to say, um, in the build-up to No Time to Die, I watched, I think as many Bond fans do, we watched all of uh, your previous films. Amazing. And one thing that stood out to me was... While comparing your performance uh, in the romance stuff with Vespa and then comparing it with uh, how you sort of develop the relationship with Madeline, I think they are very, very different kinds of romances and your performance speaks to that. So how did you go about differentiating those very important relationships uh, in Bond's life? Well, we were lucky enough, I mean, so, you know, with, with Casino to have, you know, the book, the story. And, and that, you know, I think Fleming deliberately started it like that and had this, I mean, whatever, you know, I get sort of Freudian about Fleming's mind, but <laughs> the fact that he was betrayed so severely by this woman that he gave up everything for and, you know, fell in love with and so deeply. I mean, we, you know, I had this conversation earlier, there's some people asked about, you know, how, how we can, why we continued the narrative. We used to, we used to, always when we've started doing the movies, we've always said, let's make it standalone. Or had that conversation about making it standalone. And the story always crept in. It just, we couldn't keep it out. It just, it was there. It was there and that's the reason he was who he was, who I, why I played him the way he was because of that story. And then with Spectre, you know, we kind of, the bringing Mr. White back into it and it's sort of the obvious thing of him having a daughter, the daughter of an assassin and the, the most complicated human being that Bond could find, he fell in love with. And that, that, that kind of seemed right. And then when it came to the starting this film, um, again, we toyed with the idea of making it one-off, a, a standalone, and we couldn't. We couldn't, we couldn't get away from it. The sort of, he'd run off with Madeline for a very specific reason. He'd found somebody who, in spite of how screwed up both of them were, they were somehow meant to be together. And that seemed like too good a place to start a story. Yeah, and I think I love the way you, without getting too much into it, obviously, uh, the way you sort of bring Vespa back into it at the start of this yeah. film, and you sort of because obviously um, we're big fans of Quantum of Solace, right. uh, which I know gets a bit of a uh, bit of flack, but yeah, I think we love the you're way serious fans. <laughs> Good, yeah. Right? yeah <laughs> no, no, I'm no, I, I, joking aside. I'm very proud of Quantum of Solace. I mean, it's like there are, it has flaws and stuff, but there are some. Mind-blowing bits in that movie. So I'm yeah, I mean, look, I think we, specifically. We, oh, yep. Go well, ahead. I was just gonna say we always say that it's the perfect epilogue to Casino Royale. Right. So I, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's short, and it's specifically <laughs> in the way that yeah. you uh, touch on the Vespa stuff. And in that film, you you sort of you literally leave her behind, uh, and then this film you come back and say, well, you know, you can leave something behind, but the scars are still there. 
Uh, so I guess, was that something you were, did it just, like you said, creep back in or was it something you were constantly sort of thinking we need to touch back on Vesper in this way? I, I, I can't remember whose idea it was. It was, a, it was inspired, but it kind of does being in Matera and that she should be, um, I don't want to give spoilers away, but, um, that, but she, that, that I go to visit her tomb and it's like something about, you know, the, you can't, you know, I think it's sort of grand themes. You can never, you can never escape the past, but you can try and um, deal with the past. And you know, if you're going to be an evolved human being, that's what you have to do in life. And you know, I'm sort of like psychology 101 on this, but it's like you know, it's like, but it's kind of like you know, that's where we kind of kicked off. And to have to be in love with somebody, you've got to have to sort of, you have to kind of deal deal with your shit. And that's what we, that's how kind of how we try and start the movie. <laughs> Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that was, that was um, exactly word for word the meeting that we had. You're going to have to deal with some <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <That's, laughs> all great ideas are born that way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so th this film... Uh, specifically, but your portrayal of the character in general, I, I feel uh, is so definitively Fleming, uh, yet you also manage to challenge a lot of the attitudes in his work in a way that uh, improves the character and, and makes him, you know, overall richer. So I'm curious, uh, can, can you talk a bit about the challenge from a performance standpoint in, in faithfully adapting Fleming's Bond while confronting those attitudes and, and not losing the essence of, of who Bond is as a character? Well, you know, I've never tried to shy away from the Fleming of it all. You know, you kind of, I think you're kind of off to a, a, um, a, 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 a losing start if you sort of judge the character. You know, there's, I, 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 the, the attitudes from 1952, most of those attitudes don't exist in it. Of course, they do some places, which is not great, but we don't sort of, we don't operate in that way anymore, thankfully. Um, having um, female characters in a, in a Bond movie that are complicated and as, flawed, as complicated, as flawed, as interesting, it's just like, to me, it's just like, why, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't you want to share the, the, the characters of Bond to share the screen with as interesting, pe as interesting people as he is? It doesn't make any sense to me that, that, that there should be anybody on screen that is, that is surplus to requirements. Um, and that goes across the board, but very much for the, for the, for the female characters. And I just, you know, I, I, I just kind of, it's a, it's, a, it's a really good conversation to be having. I wish we weren't having to have it, but we do have to have it. And I just, I'm just like, I can't, you know, the, the sooner that we're, we're just, it's just normal, the better. But we, you know, I mean, you know, I, I don't like using the term Bond girl anymore. I think we should just be Bond, whatever. I don't even, Bond women. It shouldn't even be Bond women. Even that's derogatory in itself. It's just there, you know, it's, I, 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 but having said that, to go back to your point, I really, really wanted to, We've got to keep it in a Bond world, and that's the challenge of it. Um, you know, he, he's you know he kind of represents something that a lot of people have a problem with today, and I'm very aware of that. I'm really aware of that. And I, I, but I don't think that that means he doesn't exist anymore, because of course he does exist. We just have to throw him into the midst of the modern world, and that's 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 just a challenge. It's a good challenge. A really lovely challenge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we do have to start wrapping up here, but I'll, I'll just leave you with uh, one, one final question. There's a, there's a sequence uh, towards the end of this film that is, you know, without giving anything away, 
it is one of the most viscerally intense uh, action sequences I've ever seen in a right. Bond film. And I'm sort of curious uh, on the about... Yes, yes. Okay. yes. <laughs> that was... And it's so, but it's so different from what you did in Spectre, right? right. Spectre's well, really about the glamour yeah, of it all. The, right. This is like so in, in the dirt and the mud. I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about that as much as you can, and then also just sort of... Uh, where that idea sort of came well, from. Well, as Carries, he wanted to do uh, a, a one-shot. We, uh, we needed, we needed a, a sequence there. Um, and uh, we, I don't know how the idea came to set it where it was. I'm pretty sure it's mainly Carrie, I think. Um, I was very nervous about it. I'm not, I'm not that keen on one-shots in movies. I find them, often the pacing of them is not very good. And it's like, but he nailed it. Uh, I rehearsed it solidly every single day for two weeks. Uh, we did it in two takes. Um, I mean, it's kind of like, wow. I mean, so, so you know, it's like a, I mean, there are, there are, you know, there's, there's trickery involved, but it's, 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 it's like we, we, we had it down. And I, thankfully I didn't have to do it that often because I'm sure if I did it any more than I had to, I'd have injured myself, but because <laughs> that's just the way it is with me. But, uh, but, uh, but we did it, we did it very quickly in it. And, and I'm, 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 I'm immensely proud of it. And glad, I'm glad that um, Carrie got it in the movie. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. so thrilled. That was that was a real treat to watch, especially in IMAX. So. Oh, good. Uh, but listen, You've seen it in IMAX? Uh, Mr. You've Craig, seen it? How is it in IMAX? I haven't oh, seen it. Oh, my God. It was <laughs> breathtaking. Oh, man, I wish amazing. all Bond movies looked like this. Listen, Mr. Craig, it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, chat with you. Thank you so much for your for your work as Bond. I mean, we grew up with you from yeah. uh, you know 2006, so it's, a, it's an honor to be chatting with you, and I uh, just thank you so much for your work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Take care. Yeah. Take care. You too.